Hey, this is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Oh, hello, fellas. Hello, Sailor. Hey. What's up? Hey, What's happening? How art thou? I'm, I'm liking your new studio back there. Thank you. It's the uh, new whiskey library here at uh, at our new location, and I'm we just started working on our new studios. We've got a little more work to do on mats, of course, but we're getting there. It's good. I like mat mats in the new location too, out of, out of the bedroom, and yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at out us of the being all into the studio. professional and stuff. So what's happening, guys? What's what's new? What's what's happening with everybody? Oh Lord, I've just been since last our last episode where we dove into Tesla. I have just been going down the Tesla rabbit hole ever since. That's kind of what's been up with me. So has that been a good thing or? A bad oh, it's thing? been a very good thing. I tell you what, um, this it may be a bold statement. But they may just have have worked their way into my top five metal artists from the eighties. Wow. wow! Can you say that closer to the microphone, just in case no one heard it? <laughs> 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 that is a bold statement. I know it is. Statement. It wow. is. I've been going through some of their later stuff. I know we only covered their first two albums, but they've got some great, great songs even later in their career too. Oh, we'll, really we'll talk about it. that. We're definitely going to talk about that. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I we hope so. Will, There's a lot to talk about there. We will have the discussion with all the tea. Um, so obviously, we're here to um, finish off our little two-part series on the 80s rock metal band Tesla. Um, and if you listened last week, you kind of know where we all landed. If you didn't listen... Um, you suck, press pause, go back and listen, and then come back and we'll like you more. Okay, you're back. Cool. We can continue. Um, but before we get into tonight's topic, we've got some stuff to talk about. We've got some business to take care of. Right? All right. Yes. So some some news, some news. Let's let's start off with the sucky stuff first, and then we'll end on a nicer note. What do you think, Matt? Well, one is sucky. The other one... I guess is up for debate, but yeah, uh, man, I feel like every single week we got to talk about people dying. Unfortunately, um, this yep. is a little different. It's not someone in the music industry, but man, very few celebrity deaths hit me. But Norm Macdonald, oh. that fucking hit that fucking hit me. Um, just quick two seconds on him um, coming from that era of Saturday Saturday that Saturday night live I'll get it out <laughs> with all of those boisterous and big personalities that he worked with the Farleys the Spades the Sandlers Chris Rock mm-hmm. to be the funniest guy of all of those guys and do it with sort of that mild-mannered uh self-deprecating very undertoned sense of comedy is something to, yes. do, to, to go against all of the, to be the foil for all of his contemporaries, I mm-hmm. think speaks to how amazing the guy was. And he battled cancer for 10 years, I think they said, secretly on his own. 
with his family, um, not making it known to the public. And I think that's just him. That's just him in a nutshell. Yeah. And uh, that's a huge loss. Yeah. I agree. I, I, agree. Yeah. I agree. That one hit me too. <clears throat> We've talked about this several times on the show, how I have was a, a young girl that had very strange crushes like Pee Wee Herman, for example. <laughs> Everybody else liked, you know, whoever the popular heartthrobs were of the day. And me, I that's, was like, that's not strange at all. <laughs> it's like my my uh, my wife, when she was a teenager, she always talked about how her friends would fawn over um, Tom Cruise and Top Gun. But she was more of an Anthony Edwards. Same girl. Same. <laughs> same. Um, Norm McDonald. Oof. I had a Oh, I had a hardcore crush on that man. Um, I funny story. I had a friend who was drop dead gorgeous is I'm sure she's still gorgeous um, and worked. She was a um, cocktail server at the comedy cellar. I believe that's what it's called um, in Greenwich village. And, um, it was, it's in the basement. Well, it was, I don't know if it's still there. Um, the basement of a, restaurant thing called the olive tree or something mediterranean place yeah so um this was this was the early 90s early to mid mid 90s and um so i would get off work and go meet her there and sometimes i could get a free drink you know and it was usually just like comedians i had never heard of and i wasn't it's not like I was big into comedy, right? So I didn't really know who any of these people were. A few times, someone that I recognized and knew would come and just, you know, jump on stage for like five minutes. And I would later find out, being a big fan of Conan O'Brien's podcast, why they do that. Like if they have a bad night, they'll go somewhere where they know they can have, they'll be a good crowd and try to finish off and like, just like <laughs> have a few laughs and be like, okay, okay, I fixed it. It's good. Um, so... <clears throat> A uh, couple people, very, you know, famous um, comics were there on a regular basis. Um, and uh, so we were leaving one night after work and she was a head turner. I'm telling you, she was when I say like people turn their heads when she walked by. So it was it was great to hang out with her because we always got free drinks. We got in everywhere. It was it was it was such a fruitful friendship. <laughs> Um, so we're, we're leaving and we go to another bar with a few of the lesser known comics, um, from the club and in walks John Stewart. And I, I, I was, I don't get starstruck at all, but I was excited. Like, oh my God, it's John Stewart. It's so awesome. Right before he got his own show. Um, and so, uh, then, um, they were talking about Norm Macdonald and there was like this big charity thing coming up. And so we got to, to make a very, I don't know why I'm making this story so fucking long. I'm tired. I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying to remember the details too, because we know my memory isn't that great. Um, I'm hoping as I tell the story that <laughs> the exact details will come back to me. Um, but nonetheless, anyway, got to meet Norm at a charity um comic charity thing and uh nicest guy just made my crush even stronger just super he was exactly what you think he would be at least that's how i felt when i met him which was only for a few minutes um very kind want was interested in talking to everybody that stopped to talk to him 
And um, yeah, he was just so such a nice person. And I hope that's true about him. It seems to be what everyone has said about him. He was just a really nice guy. And like you said, Matt, funny as that's my kind of humor, his humor. Um, oh, he was yeah. the best. So yeah, usually if you're a jerk in show business, word gets out. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's very especially few, after you die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's very few people in that famous people in that circle that everyone has good things to say about them and not one person has a crossword. And he's in that sort of mm-hmm. echelon of no one that I've heard or nothing I've seen or anyone that I've heard interviews had a bad word to say about the guy. Only positive. Yes. He will definitely be missed. Absolutely. So cheers to Norm. Cheers to Norm. Cheers, Norm. All right, on to other news. Um, you want some weird news or do you want to shit on people news? Which one do you want to do first? Oh, let's do some weird news first. Yeah. Okay. So um, there is a French metal band. Um, apparently, they're quite well known. I've never heard of them, but maybe you guys listening have heard of them. Um, and so scientists are naming new fossils that have been found after the band Gojira. <laughs> oh, go- yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. I've never heard of them. Um, Matt and I had to look up how to pronounce it because I want to pronounce it like the Japanese pronunciation. But yeah. in fact, that is not the case. It is the French pronunciation. I stand corrected. Oh. That's how I always pronounce it. I always, that's Japanese. me too. I always yeah. imagined it in my head, Gojira. <laughs> Yeah, like, no. Yeah. Like Apparently not. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, mm. we 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 did the the Google pronunciation, so I don't know. But so yeah, I don't know why this is why I don't know. Um, so they're a trio of brittle star fossils. I don't know what the fuck that means. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, they're a similar shape to starfish, and they were discovered in France. Luxembourg and Austria. Um, and apparently that whole area was once the Jurassic Tethys ocean bed. The more, you know, uh, so, uh, why they're naming them? Don't know. Uh, but let me read a little bit more and explain to you. (laughs) So apparently these scientists are fans. Um, so they said, uh, they named them, after the band for producing songs of an unfathomable intensity, beautifully dark and heavy and exploring the abyss of life and death of human strength and era and of thriving and yet threatened oceans. It's pretty deep. (laughs) That's the French for you. (laughs) Well, there's that. Okay. (laughs) That was really, and those are deep thoughts with Sailor. I want those guys to write my obituary. Sounds awesome. Those are the scientists. Jesus. Um, okay. What else do we have? So apparently Bono is irked that Matt Damon is popular in Ireland. Bono or Bono? Now, I always call him Bono. You don't know. I think this? it's pronounced Bono. Oh, it's pronounced it's, Bono. It's Bono. <laughs> but I call him Bono. <laughs> so when they, so, okay, just a quick explanation. Pro Bono? I used to think they were so awesome. And like, you know, when they rolled out of the gates with the political strife and the, 
you know, just like just they were awesome. And then they turned they got rich and they turned into dickheads. And so um, I used to call him Boner, but I'm a little bit nicer now. And I call him Bono. I won't call him Bono. Um, still call him Boner most of the time. But anyway, um, I have a hard time believing that Boner gives two shits about Matt Damon or his popularity in Ireland. I don't know why this is music news, but there you have it. You had a hard time believing Boner? Uh, yep. Hard? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I said yes twice. <laughs> <laughs> Sophomore uh, humor. Oh, man. Jesus. The opposite of dad humor. All right, moving on. The Fugees are going to reunite for the first time in 15 years. All right. Nice. Holy shit balls. That I will. I'm here for that one. Oh, there's another band that did an awesome cover. Who? What? What cover? Um, Strumming my pain. Killing me softly. Killing me softly. Yeah, that's the yes. one. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yep. amazing. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, um, so I came across an article about um, some little shit named Machine Gun Kelly. What was the point of the article, Matt? Do you remember? Uh, he was mouthing off about Slipknot or something. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. Okay, so apparently Machine Gun Kelly is mouthing off about Slipknot. Now, we all know how Sailor feels about Snip Slipknot, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. okay. Um, I didn't know how I felt about Machine Gun Kelly. And <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Uh, the only thing I knew of, <laughs> I knew of him was that he was in the horrible, terrible, stupid ass movie about Motley Crue. So already was just like, don't know the kid. I'm already writing him off. So, okay. He's a, <laughs> he, <laughs> I can't even. Take it out. <laughs> Okay. The way this is how he is described by the media. The Okay. <laughs> the rapper, the rapper turned punk rocker. He's neither of those two things. Um so apparently uh he, they he was scheduled to close out the music festival at the same time as Slipknot just from different stages. And uh, I think it was at Riot Fest in Chicago. Um, ah. so apparently he, the people come up and he's like, Hey, Hey, turn up the lights so I can see who chose to be here instead of all those old weird dude, all the people watching those old weird dudes with masks. Oh, man. What the fuck? So then he age shamed them even more and said, you all know I'm really happy that I'm not what I'm not doing, being a being 50 years old and wearing a fucking weird mask on fucking stage. First of all, I had to go listen to his music. I'm you're you're welcome. I will not play a piece here. You can go bleed taking your one own for the ears. team here. You yeah. can bleed your own ears on your own time. His music is Okay, look, I know and recognize and admit I am out of touch with modern music, 
I also know that I don't care for the sound of a lot of modern music, especially pop. Um, and that's fine. I also have read some pretty interesting studies on why that is. And I believe all of it. I'm not going to sh- shit on the music if it's actually good. And just because I don't care for it or don't get it. That's what was done to me when I was a kid. But let me say this. Machine Gun Kelly is a piece of garbage rolled in the tears of men who can't get it up and blame it on other people. He is a flaming pile of cow dung dipped in the vomit of Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) Wow. Don't do that to Ozzy's vomit. Come on. (laughs) Some people, if they just jumped in, might thought you were talking about Fred Durst. (laughs) (laughs) With his new hair. Same idea, different generation. I've never been more of a Slipknot fan after hearing this story. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure I actually said I would listen to Slipknot any day over that garbage that Machine Gun Kelly is spewing. And for any of you that are out there listening still and haven't just said, fuck you, sailor, and clicked off, I I'm, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I want you to message me and explain to me why the sound of this crapola is interesting to you. And then I'm going to send you to get some therapy. Okay. I'm going to have to quiz my oldest daughter because she was at Riot Fest. Oh, please and do. see which one, which one, she, if any, if either one she went to, to listen. Yes, I'm I would be curious to know. I'm hoping she would have picked Slipknot over Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> but uh, you never know. Let's pray <laughs> for your family, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. I don't get it. But listen, if, you, if you're playing music that is of the moment, be very, very careful, little child. There, we can talk about. I could, we can create another podcast and spend the rest of our lives, our actual human lives, recording every week about bands and artists that didn't make it, that were of the time. You can be one of those too. So it's best to shut your pie hole and stay humble and don't shit on those that came before you and opened doors for you. They may seem weird to you, but those weirdos had radio hits and made it possible for your garbage to also be played on the radio. So who's the freak now, motherfucker? And that's what I have to say about that. Yep. Everything you say is recorded by a million different microphones all over. We'll be there in perpetuity. So, (laughs) yes. And in the world, in the Twitter world we live in, it gets out immediately. You can't hide. I don't, you know, I don't like Slipknot. I don't like their music. I don't know them as people, whatever. I'm not going to, first of all, you're propping yourself up by shitting on someone else. That's meh. That's one. Two, you're going to call them old and they're only in their 50s. Kid, you better pray you live that long. Let me tell you. And I have a feeling those 50-year-olds could run singles around his skinny little dumb ass. So he can just STF you and that's the end of that. 
So there you go. There so you have that. it. That is that. Now, mm-hmm. um, I need I need another drink. Um, should we talk about whiskey for a little while? <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Let's talk Let's about do whiskey. Let's do it. Well, as you all know, this is the part of the show where we go around and talk about what's in our glass. So since I introduce it, I never go first. <laughs> so who wants to go first? Okay, I think Sailor went first <laughs> last week, or ahead yeah. of me anyway, so yeah. I'll do the honors. Hell yeah. Um, so I'm trying to keep things fresh, mix mix it up a little bit, uh, do something that I haven't done before, drink a little, some, talk about something new. Um, and I was thinking about, this has to be something that I really enjoy, because I really enjoy Tesla. Um, and I'm like, oh, I got this... Um, this bottle here for the viewers and Matt and Sailor might recognize it. Um, it's called Willet Straight Rye Whiskey. It's, um, I guess, their family estate bottled small batch rye, which I didn't know too much about, other than that um, I know it's pretty popular. I know it gets a lot of acclaim. People seem to like it. I see it in my Instagram feed all the freaking time. Um, but I've never seen it before in a store. It, I guess it's harder to find, at least maybe around here maybe. I don't know if it's easier to find other places. But um, I found this when I was down in Kentucky. And this comes in at, it, it's a little higher proof, 55.9%, 111.8 proof. Um, yeah, it's just a straight right whiskey made by Willett. And I know I was expecting it to be super expensive, but I don't know it was like 60 bucks, I think. So bad. it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, but for this, for a, for a really nice rye, you know, at 111.8 proof, it was actually, that's a pretty decent price. I'd say, cause this thing is, um, this is really delicious. Um, it's got a nice nose a little bit. You can tell it's, it's got a lot of, uh, a little bit of alcohol in the nose for being such a high proof. Um, so a lot of that is coming through the nose. But once you kind of get past that, there's a lot of good, you know, like dried fruits and um, maybe some baking spices in there. But uh, on the uh, palate, it's... I taste it again. I get a sweet... First thing I noticed was almost like a maraschino cherry. Kind of a sweetness in there. And um, a little more of a, being a rye, I'm surprised uh, this drinks more, to me it's a lot of you know similarities with a good bourbon hmm. rather than a rye. I've, if I had this in a blind, I'd be hard pressed probably to tell the difference between if it, if it was a rye and a bourbon, but um, yeah, it's really good. So I'm, I'm really glad I picked it up and I know what, why it's so popular now. Yeah, I don't, I have a bottle of that as well. It certainly doesn't drink its proof just from my perception and yeah. it has deep fruit notes to it, like mm-hmm. nice deep fruit notes. And I get the same cherry that you get, Ed, uh, which is very, very lovely. Um, it was a pleasant surprise to me being that I can't stand Willet bourbon. I can't stand their pot still bourbon. There's just something about it that uh, same. Just doesn't sit well with me, but their rye is... I mean, 55 bucks, at least in South Florida here. 
-hmm. solid bottle. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd pay $55 all day. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Definitely. Totally. So that's what I'm drinking. That sounds yummy. That sounds yummy. Um, I am still drinking my non-alcoholic stuff. So, uh, I'm going to talk about whiskey news instead. Um, first of all, though, Ed, you shared a photo <laughs> recently that lit a fire under some asses <laughs> on Instagram. Oh, did I? <laughs> Do you remember the photo of the cut, what you used with the oh, cocktail? Oh, yes. <laughs> Tell I the have, story. Um, <laughs> well, I have this other little, little bottle here. Some people may recognize it's a very, I, I hear it's I hear it's pretty sought after. Um, it's called Old Rip Van Winkle. It's <laughs> aged 10 years and um, it's 107 proof. And I believe it's made by Buffalo Trace. Um, if you're not familiar with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's a pretty decent bourbon. It comes in a little higher price than the Willet. I think I paid maybe $80 for it or something like that, but not, not outrageous. Um, so maybe it was even 70. I don't know. I think it might have been 70. But, uh, you know, I had got one of Sailor's cocktail kits and I was experimenting with different bourbons um, along with it. The first one I tried was Old Tub and it was fantastic. I loved it. And then I tried another one. I won't name. I don't want to disparage anyone. Um, it wasn't nearly as good. And so, like, Come on, well, tell me what was crap. Come on. Oh, uh, well, anyway, it didn't go with <laughs> your cocktail kit. It was the Jeff the Creed, uh, oh, Bloody okay. Butcher. It just, what if the flavor profile on that just didn't mesh well with your cocktail kit, which is fine. I mean, not everyone's, everything's going to work. No, but, definitely um, not. So I tried, I said, let me try the old Rip Van Winkle because its notes are probably more aligned with Old Tub, just a little more refined, but similar. Um, so I tried that and yeah, it was freaking fantastic. And um, I know at least one person, I think they, they were kind of joking me about, but they were giving me a lot of crap for, uh, you know, you shouldn't drink, mix that with anything. You should drink that on its own. Or like, well, you know what? You're not going to have a better cocktail than one that's made with a great whiskey. That's true. true. So that was, that is our friend, Dan Potts. Um <laughs> I love him to death, but he is He's a good guy. Oh, he kills me. <clears throat> he he does he does not understand cocktails. I've been trying to win him over for the past two years. It's gonna take a trip to the UK for me to do it when I can travel again. <laughs> um but it just was so funny because I saw a few other people, a few other people screenshotted it Ed, and sent it to me and with, with these like with the wow emoji face. And I'm like, look, what, what Whoever, whoever perpetuated the idea that you should only put low quality or low shelf spirits in cocktails, it's absurd. Then, it, mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're not going to go, oh, I want to make, I got this, these gorgeous sun ripened, beautiful Italian tomatoes. And I have this, you know, some of the best, for, you know, farm fresh garlic and, and fresh basil. Let, let me forget the nice olive oil. Give me some Wesson. Give me some Crisco. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, the same shit. I'm going to put it in there. Then you're going to taste your pasta and go, hmm, it's not as good as I thought it would be. It's kind of lacking or even worse. Like this just doesn't taste good because all your ingredients matter. Fuck's sake, friends. 
It matters. Put nice spirits in your cocktails, especially when your cocktails are handcrafted and made with, you know, premium uh, liqueurs or premium ingredients. You want to put a premium spirit in there. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly. So I love your analogy about the pasta sauce. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, All right. Whiskey news. Our friend Maggie Campbell was just, it was just announced by Remy Contro that she has been appointed as Mount Gay's estate rum manager. I could not be happier. Let me tell you, I am not a huge rum drinker. I have a few um, brands that I really like and will drink occasionally. Um, I do love rum and bourbon blends, and I do that all the time in cocktails. It was one of my calling cards when I was behind the bar. Um, So two years ago, Mount Gay appointed their first female master blender, and her name is Trudy Ann Branker. And um, she is just, I mean, it's so exciting for them to have a female um, at the head of the liquid. It's exciting that she is um, a woman of color. And then now to have Maggie Campbell um, overseeing the sugarcane production from start to finish as the state manager, her and Trudy Ann working together, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's so important in the category of rum that there is um, just in the past couple of years, so much representation um, and diversity, which is what, should have happened, of course, you know, 300 years ago. Um, but I'm really, really excited to see what's going to happen with this brand and um, what Maggie and Trudy Ann are going to put out together. It's really exciting. And um, I'm just thrilled for Maggie. So congratulations, Maggie, from all of us. Cheers to you. Congratulations. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, like you, I'm not um, super familiar with rum. I haven't traditionally been into rums. Um, and if I have usually it's it's a it's in a cocktail uh some kind of a tropical yeah. fruity cocktail um <laughs> i did find one rum that i really really enjoyed it's called uh pusser's naval rum mm-hmm. and it's a uh, um what was it a it's from guyana i think it was yeah, it's a demerara rum yep. yeah it is really rich and beautiful oh my goodness it just totally changed my perception about a, what a rum could be because you know if most people you say rum they think captain morgan bacardi whatever Ugh, it's all crap that's captain not even rum. Not rum it's <laughs> yeah. not rum <laughs> so yeah it definitely opened my eyes i had the opportunity to taste the angostura rum um oh, i can't i think it was the 1824 12 year a friend of mine years ago um, went on a business trip to Trinidad, I believe. Yep. Am I right? Trinidad. That's where it's from. Yep. Yep. And came back, you know, was able to get some duty free bottles. And so he calls me up and he's like, Hey, you got to come over here. I want you to taste something. I brought a, a bottle of booze back from Trinidad and I was like, I'll be right over. Click. Um, and so he didn't tell me what it was. And he poured it in the glass for me and I'm smelling it. I'm tasting it. I'm like, What? What whiskey is? I'm assuming it was whiskey. And I'm just like, what whiskey is this? And it came from Trinidad. And he's like, it is rum. And it's Angostura rum. And it's, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it's 12 year old. And they, it was aged in bourbon barrels, but it was, holy shit. <laughs> Probably the best rum so far I've ever tasted. 
which isn't saying a lot, but um, it was delicious. So funny you say that because I've I've actually in my previous career I blinded a few people on rums, and I'm like, hey, you want to try this great whiskey? They're like, sure. Like, oh, that's great whiskey. Where's that? Where's that from? It's not whiskey. Yeah, it's not just me. And they're blown away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got a pretty. I don't like rum, but this is awesome. Yes, I have a pretty astute palate. Um, I, I was, I mean, I, I don't think I believed it, but I just thought, I don't know what I thought, but I could tell it was something really different. The spice was what was confusing me. Mm. There's a lot of spice in there, but yeah, I mean, just gorgeous, gorgeous. Fell in love. Um. Okay, what else? Let's see. Did we talk about the Jack Daniels ten year whiskey we, last we episode? Teased it, we I think we, we we brought it up, but I don't think we really yeah. dove into it. Okay. So um this is a really big deal. And I think that uh for people that aren't like super into whiskey, um you know, it, we would have to have this big discussion about age statements, but basically for a lot of a lot, a lot of years. Um, let's say the older whiskey drinkers, the more traditional conservative whiskey drinkers have just been absolutely guided by age and, and sometimes nothing else, just age. So believing that if whiskey is this old, it's good. And if it's that old, it's bad. This is complete another crap. And it's just not true on, on for so many reasons. Um, it, it absolutely can be one indication of a finer whiskey, perhaps. But I've tasted a lot of really old whiskey that was garbage. And I've tasted a lot of really young whiskey that was heavenly. So that is not the discerning factor. Um, so the reason why age statements drop off, and when we say that, it means all of a sudden, you know, you'll grab a bottle of something you've been drinking for a long time. And if you happen to notice there, there isn't an age on there anymore. There isn't like seven year, 10 year, whatever. And most of the time that's because they've had to scale up production and they've actually lowered the majority age of what's in the bottle, in the blend. And that's okay. I mean, you do what you got to do to keep up with production. As long as your quality is on point, as long as you're not having too much flavor drift, I have no problem with it. I honestly really don't care. It's nice to know. I like to know the facts, and but it's not going to guide me for sure. However, like I said, there are still a lot of people out there that are just so stuck to this age statement. Um, so Jack Daniels, you know, did a lot of things when it was purchased by Brown Foreman. Um, it went global. It... Um, the price point changed, the age statement dropped off. There was a lot of things that happened. And it, it didn't help the category of Tennessee whiskey, let's say. And, and I'm not shitting, let me be clear, I'm not shitting on Jack Daniels or Brown Foreman at all. These were the decisions that were made to, to grow a business and, and grow a brand. And, you know, I'm a business owner and I'm going to do things sometimes that not everybody's going to love, you know, to sustain my business. So I get that. I think if it if it were happening now, it would have been handled a little bit differently that I think would have been better and would have honored the Tennessee whiskey category a little bit better. Um, but it's either here nor there. I see this as an indication of all of the things that are currently happening in Tennessee whiskey, which is mirroring what's happening in American whiskey. And I'm happy to see this. 
but I didn't want to start this off by saying like, yeah, I'm psyched to see this age statement on whiskey because that's not what it's about. I don't care. I think it's about just elevating the Tennessee whiskey category as a whole, which should happen. Um, and, and it's about time. And I'm glad to see that Jack Daniels is one of the other brands doing that because they are obviously the giant in that, in this category. So I wanted to hear what you guys thought about it. Um, should we take this as an indication, maybe in, at least in Jack Daniels case that production is finally starting to keep up with demand? And I don't know because that was one of the reasons I always heard for dropping age statements to begin with, because they sure. had were running out of older stock. Um, they were making more, ramping up production, and to you know, in the future, they probably you know could bring back the age statements or whatever once they reached a certain level of capacity and had enough in the rick houses or whatever. So I'm just wondering if maybe this is kind of a good indication that that might be starting to happen. I don't know. I would argue that there are more whiskey drinkers now drinking Jack Daniels than there was 10 years ago. So I don't know this. I mean, this was obviously planned more than 10 years ago, but you know what? There's someone we can ask this very question to because 10 years ago, she was the director ah. of whiskey production. So yes. Yes. I'm going to give, I'm going to give uh, one of, I, I am obsessed and cherish my friend Sherry Moore so much. She is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. I will give her a call tomorrow and ask her this very question because if anybody's going to know, it's going to be the woman who was in charge. <laughs> but speaking to what you said, Sailor, that in a broader perspective, the game is changing yeah. with Tennessee whiskey. I mean, you're seeing it year by year, oh, uh, yeah. month by month. I mean, you know, is Jack Daniels kind of doing something in response to everything else that's going on? I mean, maybe, maybe they're trying to get a certain sect of whiskey drinkers, um, you know, who might be turned off by regular Jack Daniels or any of the other uh, varieties that they put out. But, you know, you, you, you look, you know, at what Nicole Austin's doing at George Dickel, you look what uncle nearest has done. Um, and I think Jack needs to make some moves to get some more whiskey drinkers and just something different for them. And uh, it's only going to make everything else better, you know, competition Absolutely. is good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I think perhaps maybe that I wonder, and I'm just speculating, who knows? I mean, I think this decision has been around for a while, but perhaps they they decided to do it a little bit sooner because of all the things you said. They've had the single barrel for a long time, you know, so I and they and then gentleman Jack. So I, I think they've been edging towards this. So for me, in my mind, a company like this, they can't turn on a dime. It's not possible. I think this has been a long term plan because of Very the true. size of them. So I, I have a feeling this has always been in the works. It's possible they could have said, let's bottle it at 10 and not 12 because of the way Tennessee whiskey has changed in the past two years. That's definitely possible. Um, I don't know. That's a, it's a good question. So we'll see if we can find out. But I thought it was a really interesting discussion to have because it's such a visible brand. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's just going to do it's going to help elevate American whiskey because of its global presence. And it's certainly going to help the Tennessee category, which um, makes me very happy. I do have one question though. Maybe, you know, the answer to this already, 
Um, this is this a is it a small batch or not a small batch or a single barrel anything like that? Do you know what the status is of the ten? Well, it's not it's not going to be a barrel, um, and you know I don't know if it's because a small batch or not. I'm just wondering because you know whenever you put an age statement on a bottle, and this is for for the listeners who don't know, the age statement on a bottle is the youngest whiskey that's in the mix. You could have a mix of 10 year and anything else above that 12 year, 18 year, whatever. But if, as soon as you mix it in with 10 year, it's 10 year. So I'm just wondering if they, what they're mixing in there, if they're mixing in much older stuff, even a little bit or what, that'd be kind of interesting to find out. I don't think it's going to be on the bottle by any means, but no, just a curious but, question. I mean, they they're they've said that it comes from the similar place to where they're they're pulling the single barrels from right which is their oldest whiskey but the single barrels are like seven to eight right so it's it's interesting that's why i think this has been planned for a long time um but yeah it's a, it's a great question i don't i couldn't imagine that there would be older whiskey in there but what the hell do i know i don't know they just you know they they're they're not known recently for super old whiskey so um who knows who knows we'll see if we can find out and we'll report back um so real quick while we're in the tennessee whiskey category before we move on to the discussion tonight i know we've had a lot to talk about um so uncle nearest um my former brand and the brand that i still work with um Fawn Weaver, who is founder and CEO, created a venture fund to invest $50 million in minority-owned spirits brands. And I just want to say that the reason why I bring it up, you know, is what a time that we're living in right now, you know, that we're getting to see this happen. We're getting to see such a huge shift um, in the spirits industry and in the whiskey business, which, you know, is very important to me. Um, so there are two brands that, um, the first two brands that were launched off of this fund, one is Sorel liquor, um, and Equiano rum. And, um, I'm really super excited about both of these brands that are owned by, um, uh, men of color. And, um, one of them, uh, Equiano rum was created by, um, one of the, I don't know, I, I kind of want to call him like the global expert in rum, I think is fair to say, um, with one of the most um, revered uh, rum distilleries, Foursquare, on the planet. Um, really, really excited about this rum. It's said to be an African and Caribbean rum, which is, I'm really excited to taste this. And then Sorel is a liqueur that was created by Jackie Summers, who um, is a Brooklyn-based bartender and writer and created this brand years ago and really just had to stop production because he funding dried up. And that happens often in brands. And your choices are to either sell it or stop producing, you know, if you don't want to sell it. And at the time, Jackie just, you know, there wasn't anyone with the same ethos that was interested in buying this brand. And so when you're an African-American man and you're creating something that is, you know, 
ancestor driven to hand that off to a white male owned conglomerate. That's that. I don't think it was a tough decision, but I think it was a painful result. And so, you know, now that Fawn Weaver created this fund, I think it was a no brainer for him. So it's really, really exciting. And um, I'm thrilled to see both of these spirits come to market and cannot wait to taste both of them. And there you go. That is our uh, whiskey kind of rum, rum news. That was a lot of rum news. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Oh, um, by the way, I'm drinking New Riff. Oh, fuck. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you went first for some reason. I was just like, oh, I'll just no. end with the news. No, it's all good. Uh, no, I'm drinking New Riff. We've talked about it ad nauseum uh, on the show. Good stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Very good yep. stuff. We're well, flying the- down here now because of some yeah. issues, but um, <laughs> yeah, always a, um, uh, it's my solid bottle right now. Just are you drinking the bourbon or the rye? Drinking the bourbon. I keep a bottle here at the office. Um, yes, I drink at work sometimes. Mm. Don't judge me. That's because he has the most awesome boss on the planet. That is true. That is true. Well, enjoy um, your beverages, everyone. Uh, let's um, listen to some music and talk about this band. What do you think? I am going to continue to play the shit out of that song, and there's nothing you can do about it. Fucking great song. Ha ha! <laughs> One of the best songs in history. <laughs> so we're back. We're talking about the band Tesla. Um, again, if you are still awake after us going on and on and on and on about other shit, um, good morning, and I hope you enjoyed your nap. Uh, if you're just joining us now, go back, listen to part one, and then you can come back and listen to this. Do what I tell you. So uh, last time we uh, talked a lot about two of their albums, and um, it's time we have to battle this time. Um, and then we promised to talk a little bit about their uh, more recent stuff. So I think we should talk about their more recent stuff first. <laughs> what do you guys think? Let's do it. Get it, get it out of the way while Matt's alarm goes off. Sorry. <laughs> Ed, you want to lead us off with the, uh, you were excited to listen to their modern stuff. So why don't you lead us off? Okay. Let me see here. Uh, let me get up a list. Get your list. So one of the albums I know that really stood out to me was uh let's see it was called bust a nut and that was from what year was that from 1994 (laughs) so we're getting into the 90s there and that's usually where a lot of these bands who were big in the 80s kind of really fall off is in the early 90s but man i'll tell you what this album was freaking amazing it um it's their fourth album and uh 
there's some great the, their song solution it's not the opener on there but frank hannon has some killer guitar riffs on this this track um i think i i told matt it was kind of a standout and asked him to listen to it do you listen to it matt it's a good song great song and there's another song shine away try so hard i mean there's just a lot of a lot of good a lot of things to love about this album um some of the what are some of the other songs there was another one i saw the other day i listened to the other day um i think it was off a psychotic supper and that one psychotic supper 1991 okay so that must have been their third their third album the one that came right before yes it is their third album so yeah i i i listened to this one quite a bit there's one song that i'll i'll share um that i thought you know oh i think you know i think i like this i think think this is a good song um let me play this for you guys I don't know why shit's not cooperating with me tonight, but here we go. All right, so great song. I love that one. And um, yes, call it what you want. And there's another one, um, Edison's Medicine. That's another good one. Um, Freedom Slaves was another one that I really enjoyed too. And of course, What You Give. That's another one of their their great ballads. Uh, But yeah, a lot of good songs off this album, I thought. Okay. Matt, what do you think? Did you listen to any, go back and listen to the other stuff? 68 minutes, the album length on this is, which is fucking impressive uh, to me that they got, they got 68 minutes out of this. Um, Continuing out of this, the trend. Out of this piece of, uh, <laughs> of work here. Um, yes. Edison's medicine. I liked it. Call it what you want. Good song. Um I really don't have an opinion on anything else. To be honest with you, it uh, to me it's not up to snuff on their earlier, earlier work, and that will be a trend that continues. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm sorry to say that I everything I went back and listened to, I realized why I stopped listening to the band. You know, if they had continued to make albums like, you know, their freshman and sophomore albums, I would have continued to listen to them. And I, we, you know, I wouldn't be like, oh gosh, why did I stop listening to this band? There's a reason why. And it's the same reason for me that always happens. And it's with these bands from the damn 80s. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why the like 99% of them can't sustain their sound and it just turned into something else altogether. And man, Jeff has one of the best voices in rock and metal. And I 
don't know where it went wrong, but it did. Hmm. So I'm not into it, unfortunately. Okay. I figured you'd be on board. Because no. I know how much of a Tesla fan you are. Yeah, but again, like then I remind myself, oh, this is why I just didn't stay a fan of their newer stuff. You know, at some point I must have listened to it and just went, meh, not so much. If you really then, weed, okay. yeah. if you really weed through it, there is uh, flashes in there. There's a bit here, a bit there, song here, a song there, where you get that kind mm -hmm. of magic back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, solution, like Ed said, he sent me the song, great freaking song. Um, but it's not sustained from A to Z on any of the newer albums, unfortunately, like you got on the first two. I have I have to agree with that. Um, you know, the thing that bummed me out the most is I listened to their last, their most recent albums. Two of, like, I think the one that came out in 2019 and the one prior to that. Whoa. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> oh, we didn't mention it last time, but when we recorded our first episode, just coincidentally, only a couple days before, they had released <laughs> a new single. Really? Called Blue Steel. Have you either of you listened to that one? Yes. Uh, yeah, you sent... Uh, I think yeah, I watched yeah. the music video, actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah didn't you yeah. send it? Yes, I did. Yeah, um, I, 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 gosh, you know, I know it's tough <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you're such a fan of the old work and it's, it's tough to accept new stuff from, yeah, it, I mean, I didn't think it was a bad song. I, I actually kind of enjoyed it. What's a A little bit of a political overtones in there, too. That I don't give a shit about. Let me say <laughs> this, is that the musicality is, they are still fucking amazing musicians, incredible writers and composers. There's something that happened to Jeff's voice. There's, there's a, there's a, um, gosh, what's the word? I don't know. It's like, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past. You can almost tell when a when an artist isn't hungry anymore, when there isn't a just a visceral need, and I think that comes through sometimes. And I feel like I hear that in this band. That's possible, and also, you know what? They have to change their vocal range. Their vocal, or I should say, their vocal range changes. And so they have to adapt to their voice to their changing yeah. vocal range because you lose those upper upper registers as you age. Yes. You know, and that, you know, I'm sure that definitely plays a part into it, you know, as men, men, as we see many other um, of our um, 
the bands that we enjoyed well, it happened you know, to Dave 20, Mustaine, 30, 40 years yeah, ago. James now it's, it happens to them all. There's a, we, and we said this before we went on the air, Sailor and I were chatting about this, but there's a small group of guys who have sustained that vocal uh, mm-hmm. integrity throughout their entire career. I mean, you can almost count them on one hand. Yeah. Um, it's not something that everyone can do. <laughs> no. Most people can't do it. No, no. Yeah. No, and I think that I think that's that's a big part for me. Um, you know, the, I mean the, that song. It's like great production value. Of course, you can hear the difference in production. You know, I mean, again, music. It's hard. I like how heavy and hard it is. The, the them as musicians, they're just ugh, they're amazing musicians. So mm-hmm. underrated, but it just isn't the same for me. So I have to pass on on all the modern stuff, unfortunately. One thing I will say on a positive note, um, and this is something I always look at as sort of the aesthetic, um, because, you know, I'm still younger than you guys, but I still appreciate the whole, and we've talked about this, the whole process of going to buy music at a store and looking at the, you know, the, the liner notes and the album cover and all that stuff. I love all of their album covers. I think all of their album covers are, have a simplistic uh, complexity to them that I really do enjoy. So even the newer stuff too, I think those album covers are killer. Um, yeah. They their age logo well, is I would awesome say too. Yeah. yeah. Their logo, they just did really well with their logo yeah. right out of the gate. It's just such a great logo. They had a lot to work with. I agree with mm-hmm. you, Matt. Yeah. Their yeah. album covers are, and I like the continuity between them. That's very, yes. very rare. Yeah. That's the simplistic you know, complexity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was very smart that they almost always use their logo but they always use their font very very smart yes agreed um all right so we we have a bit of work to do and i don't know if you guys want to get it out of the way i mean we kind of should just rip off the band-aid and do our battle let's do it ed are you ready for this uh i'm ready are you ready to rumble? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are battling. This hurts. This hurts my. This hurts my soul. <laughs> <laughs> we are battling mechanical resonance and the great radio controversy against each other. Um, dude, I'm not going first. <laughs> This was really difficult. Really right. difficult. <laughs> I'll go first. All right. Well, first, they're both. I'll start off by say saying I love both these albums. Trying mm-hmm. to pick your favorite, I'm sure you two probably feel the same thing. It's like trying to pick your favorite child, you know, just to overuse that old saying. Um, yeah, there's, but they both have a lot of merits. Um, I think it comes down to I love, you know, like I said, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself. I love both albums, but I feel like there's just a little bit more to love in the Great Radio Controversy. And in fact, I loved it so much that I do what I normally do when I love an album. I want to actually have a physical copy to put into my collection that I can hold in my hand, have the all the pictures, liner notes, and all that good stuff. So 
I bought a copy of The Great Radio Controversy to put in my CD library that may or may not get played, but I've got it. <laughs> you might want to explain to the younger listeners what a CD is. <laughs> I don't think we're that far removed no, from okay. CDs yet at this point. <laughs> Maybe season a 10. A compact hold, disc, if you will. Hold that up again with a All big right. smile. There we go. <laughs> right there. <laughs> And I think this is their coolest album cover, too. It, uh, yeah, I agree with you. That now, is, yeah. I, I told Ed that I would also go out and buy the CD, but I don't have anything that'll fucking play it anymore. <laughs> I do Same. not own any contraption that can yeah, play. Even cars a... don't come with them anymore. Nope. It's crazy. Nope. Thank God. That was the worst invention ever. You hit a bump and it scratches your fucking <laughs> I hated that. That was terrible. <laughs> Oh, those were the back in the days where you had the little disc man that you you put plugged in through the cassette adapter. Yes. You had a yep. little cassette with a cord that came out of it. Yep. <laughs> and I used to have like a stack of pillows. I tr like I had um someone was like, you gotta use egg crates or the you know the foam on the bed that looks like egg crates. Oh yeah. And yeah so yeah. like you gotta put it on egg crates like this and then it'll absorb the shock. Nothing worked. It was a terrible invention. <laughs> or you had to spend the money on one that had the buffering. That would yes. buffer for several seconds. Yeah, well, was, uh, those didn't always work. I was one of the lucky kids that had like one of those uh, six CD changers that you would have to like leave in your hatchback and then you have to wire it all the way to the front. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, still skipped. Really the coolest it's ever. Yeah. Still skipped. <laughs> so like, so I don't dumb. have to pop my CD out while I'm driving. Just hit a button and I'll change it. Ay, ay, ay. All right. So, Ed, was this a tough, I mean, this, was it really, really a struggle? Or I, um, mean, I know you love both, but it doesn't sound like you. Well, were... you know what? It. I think for the first for the first time, I listened to both these albums a couple of times, and I think it was pretty clear to me from early on that this is the way I would go. So I'm not going to sit here and and say I agonized it over it for hours and hours because I didn't. It was I I know I like this album better. Um, cause yeah, I said that there was just, to me, there was just a little more to love on this mm -hmm. album. Okay. Got it. Matt, how about you? Okay. So unlike Ed, as I mentioned last week, you guys listen to the show, uh, fresh ears with this stuff. So I was, as I said last week, pleasantly surprised, really dug in deep on both of these albums and was blown away by how it kept my my attention and the detail of each song and how it, they kind of all melded together and fit perfectly. That being said, both of these albums have that exact same thing in common. Can't really judge it on that. One of these albums has something that the other one doesn't. And I'm going to break it down into three simple words. And that's modern day cowboy. <laughs> so... That being said, I'm going to have to go with Mechanical Resonance because that has okay. everything that the second album has, but it has that song on it. The tiebreaker. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So I went through both of these albums piece by piece last time we were together and um i think i made my feelings very clear that i love both of these albums 
so much. I mean, again, I was a, ma- and I should say I am a massive Tesla fan, just absolutely obsessed with their sound. Um, yeah, you know, Matt, you took the words right out of my mouth. For me, the only thing there, I just was like, I did struggle with this. I had a really, really hard time deciding on this one. This is probably one of the most difficult ones we've ever done. Um, and I know it's been one song that's pushed me over the edge before, but not like this, but I think you said it perfectly, Matt, that they, they both give you kind of the same product and the same recipe for awesomeness. But the great radio controversy doesn't have modern day cowboy. And in the end, it to me is one of the best rock songs ever written in the history of rock music. So there's no way that I could choose another album over that album because of that song. But I also, aside from that, I love... There's something about the first album, even though there were um, there was growth on the second album and we talked about that, that was clear. There's just still something about that first album. There's an atmosphere to it that they just have never been able to replicate. And I can imagine that must be brutal, you know, for them if, if they feel if they feel that way. Um, I mean, I think that it was just an unbelievable album and I have to go with mechanical resonance. And that means that mechanical resonance wins. And I am definitely not mad about that. Like I said, great album. Love it. Modern and Calby. I agree with you. It's one of the, one of the greats. There were no losers in this battle. So no, I, I, again, if Matt, if you had chosen great radio controversy, I would have said the same thing. Like, that's okay as long as it's one of the two, you know. Exactly. I had, I, I mean, modern day cowboy is just—it's perfect in every way, shape, or form. Um, and so, having said that, I promised you that um, I was going to play the shit out of this song, and I always deliver on my promises. Oh, one more thing. I think the thing that that may have been the big difference between. You two and me is because to me, I hold he- Heaven's Trail in pretty much about the same esteem as Modern Day Cowboy. So that may have something it. to do with it. That makes sense. All right, here we go. One more time, friends. get in trouble with the popo if i keep playing it (laughs) (laughs) damn it oh god i love that song there's that's great tune for sure it's all the things so that's it man that's it that's what we've decided you heard it first and last here on metal rock and whiskey we feel that modern day cowboy is the best song ever written in rock (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm just going to put that out there. I know you guys agree. <laughs> Mechanical <laughs> resonance is the winner. Is the winner. So this has been fun. And um, I'm really glad that we uh, went back to our <laughs> hair metal series. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think next up, since the holidays are coming, so a couple things happen this time of year. We have an anniversary coming up. We have a big anniversary coming up, huh? Holy smokes. This is a special one. Our, our, the first time we recorded together, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. In October, and then, yes. And then year number five. Yeah. Year yeah. number five. Year number five. Um, wow. I can't believe people still listen to this podcast. It kind of blows me away. So for you, three people, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank to each and thanks every for, one of you. Thanks for <laughs> all three of you for sticking around all these years um so we we'll do something special for our anniversary like we always do um la was it last year or the year before when it we just melted into hysterics oh it was for our 100th episode that's right it was the one that's what it episode. was that was that was if you, if you have not heard that yet yeah um, that was just the ridiculousness episode number 100 yeah yes I highly re that's how we started. We started with ridiculousness. Yes. And so we had to circle back to it. I highly recommend um, if you smoke uh, the ganja, you should definitely uh, pull out a spliffy before, <laughs> before you listen to that one. Um, and probably don't listen to it sober because you probably will never oh, listen to our man. podcast again. Um, but we're going to have our Australian friends come back. Um, and hang out with us again and we're going to drink whiskey together like you know some stuff that we've traded and uh i think we should continue with our hair metal series guys what do you think i think so too yeah i'm all for it let's do it all right so next up it'll be another hair metal band until then uh i'm gonna get out of here and let the boys close us out fellas all right Take it thank away. you sailor thank you very much and uh, as always, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. You can find us on Twitter at Metal Whiskey. Sorry, I haven't been posting lately. I was logged out and don't remember the password. So we have to figure <laughs> that out. <laughs> Otherwise, Forgot password. It will send it to Sailor's phone. <laughs> Not I hard. No, <laughs> I already bother you enough. I don't want to bother you with another trivial. Not that it's trivial, but you know. And uh, we're also on Facebook as well. You can look us up, uh, ask to join our Facebook group, Metal Rock Whiskey. Uh, we would love to have you bring into the family. Our family grows every week with all of the awesome content we put out. Uh, you can find me individually on Instagram at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Sailor. Oh, me. I'm Sailor. You. <laughs> you can. Yes, you are. <laughs> you can find me as Sailor Guevara all over the internet. You can also find me at sailorguevara.com. And I've been teasing that we're going to be releasing something special for Metal Rock and Whiskey, our very own old fashioned mix. And now that fall is here almost in a couple of days, keep a lookout for that. And join my cocktail club. It keeps Matt uh, in business. <laughs> 
<laughs> provides jobs for Matt. Keeps food on my table. <laughs> yes. And in the mouths of babes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You have two very hungry boys. Yes. <laughs> All right, Ed, get us out. Oh, here. and so listeners, if you love us or even just like us, please, we ask you hit that subscribe button. Give us a like. Give us a good review. Um, and join us next week for another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. You machine gun Kelly. Bye. Later, everyone. I love you more.